Hello, and thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Church, a place of grace where people far from God experience life in Christ. Sit back and relax and listen to today's message and be blessed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we just come before you, Lord God, this morning. Lord God, we thank you for this time of worship, this time of prayer, this morning, this time of going into your word, oh God. Father, we pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, my redeemer and strength. Father, speak a word to your people this morning. God, you know what they stand in need of. So I'm asking that you would strengthen them, Lord. You would speak rhema. You would speak life to them this morning, oh God. That they will not leave here the same way they came. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God makes all things new. Amen. And he's calling us to follow him forward this morning. Hallelujah. I mean, having a blessed time so far in God's house. It's exciting. Amen. When we come to God's house and come expecting something, and he just shows up and just shows how strong and how powerful and magnificent he is. Amen. And it's, our prayer is just as Sister Marola sung that song this morning is that mighty Jesus, he will take control, amen. And we know the Lord is taking control this morning. I just want to reiter reiterate some announcements that were already spoken um, this morning, amen. I got the call this morning about this Sunday coming up, so I definitely look forward to seeing you guys come with us to New York City and gives you an experience of where Pastor Vernon and I came up. This is our roots, amen. Bethel Gospel Assembly is what you would call, I guess, a mega church. Amen. I have 1,500 members. But it's not just Bethel. It's all of our sister churches. We have a sister church in Patterson. We have a, we have a couple of churches in the Bronx, a couple in Harlem. We even go down to Florida. We're in the islands. <laughs> we have churches in South Africa. Well, no, South Africa is not coming. But we have those in the local vicinity coming. It'll be a great time for fellowship and a great time to enjoy the word. So don't worry, we're going to have a nice banquet dinner. We ain't talking about a little church dinner, we get chicken and fries, amen. We're talking about a banquet hall that we'll be in fellowshipping together. It'll be a great occasion, and it's free of charge. Isn't that great? Y'all college students should love that now. Come on. Ain't they better than that sub, right? That's what you say, right? <laughs> Anything better than sub. Amen. So come out, have a great time, a great meal, and it's going to be a great time in fellowship. Um, Friends and Family Day is coming up. Please invest and invite a friend. Let's pack this place out. Like Minister Dwayne said, standing room only. That Sunday is the first Sunday of the month. Normally, first Sundays, we take communion here at the Gathering Church. But because so much is happening that day, we will not be taking communion on that first Sunday. We will take communion during the prayer service that night. So on October the 4th, which is our monthly prayer meeting, we will have our communion service during that time. Amen. I think it will be sweet to have prayer and sweet communion. Amen. And so we'll look forward to seeing you there for that. Amen. Let's get into the word of God this morning. As I was praying and seeking the Lord about what he would have 
me to share, amen, one of the songs came to my mind was, and you sung the songs, I asked you to sing it this morning, and you already had it prepared. That just shows how in tune we are with the Holy Spirit, amen? Mighty Jesus, take control. And the song, they said, let the redeemer of the Lord say so. But there's a, a particular verse in the song. The lyric said, and we are salt and light in the world, amen? To be salt and light in the world. And that's the, what I want to talk to you about briefly today, about being salt and about being light. As Christians, God has called us to be salt and light. And so we're going to speak briefly about being salt and about being light. Amen? Many times as believers, we find ourselves, many times in compromising situations and, and circumstances. I remember a story, amen, I remember a story when I first got married and Amen. I, we started, I started working, and I was working um, for a bank. Amen. And at this branch that I was working at, I began to um, ask the Lord, Lord, help me to be an example here. Because everywhere we go, we should be a light, and we should be salt. Amen. In other words, we should be a witness. So I asked the Lord, help me to be a witness. But soon after, I asked the Lord to help me to be a witness. Now, I'm not the type of person, when I go to work, I stick to myself. I don't really, you know, I know y'all see me, pastor's crazy. But I'm just kind of, hey, good morning. How you doing? All right, all right. This is my area. Let me do what I have to do. And I was doing my thing. Then after a while, you know, you begin to build relationships with your, your fellow coworkers and stuff like that. And that's good. But then I found myself being put in compromising situations. I find them um, talking and, and doing things and going places and stuff. and say, hey, Arthur, you want to come along with us? You know, you want to do this? You want to do that? I'm like, eh, no, no, no. I don't want to do that. But after a while, sometimes you can feel like you are the person who's left on the outside. Am I with me this morning? Have you ever felt like, well, shoot, I, I, I'm a Christian, but I don't want to be left out. Shoot, I don't want to always be the, the square peg in a round hole. I, I want to fit in too. And you can find yourself being put in compromising circumstances and, and situations. And just my attitude towards my job began to change. And as that began to happen, I began to find myself being late to work. I just had an attitude. I didn't, I, I didn't give it my best. And in but so many words, I blew my witness. I was not becoming the salt of the earth, and I was not being a light of hope for the people that I, I work with. Now, they might say otherwise, but you have your standards. Amen. Everybody has a standard to live by, and you have your own measure of excellence that you want to attain to. And I knew that personally I was not doing that. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you get me out of this, if, if, if you change my, my position or get me out of this, I will be a light to you, Lord. I will be a light for you, God. I'll, I'll do my best to be a witness. Soon after I prayed that prayer, another opportunity came at another branch. And I said, Arthur, hey, you want to move to this branch? I said, why would I want to move there? They said, no. You know, because the manager at the other branch was crazy, we heard. So I was like, I want to work for that lady. She's psycho. And so... And so they say, well, no, there's a new lady that works there. She's nice or whatever. And you don't have to pay. You don't have to worry about commuting from work because you can walk there from your home. I said, really? I said, okay. And so I got transferred to another branch. And the Lord reminded me of my prayer. Because sometimes we pray stuff. We say, Lord, let's make a deal. And then God does his part of the bargain. But then we like, oh, did I say that? Really, Lord? I, I pray. Oh, I was just, you know, I, I wasn't there. And we forget our end of the bargain. And so when I got there, the Lord reminded me, he said, you're going to be my witness, right? And I'm like, okay, Lord, okay, Lord. 
and I dedicated and I purposed in my heart to be a witness, even if I sound like a fool, because the world would think you foolish. And so I said, Lord, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hold my standard up. I'm, 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 I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to live for you here. I'm, I'm going to be your witness. And, it, and being a witness doesn't mean every time you're going to have a smile on your face. It doesn't mean every time, every morning you go to work, you're going to be, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God is great. This is the day the Lord has made. Because it was some mornings, I'm like, you're lucky to see me this morning because I don't feel like being here right now. Next customer in line, you know. And so you will go through those, you will go through those moments. And so even in those moments, I purposed in my heart that I was going to be a light. I purposed in my heart that I was going to call my witness no matter what. And as I begin to work at that branch, you know, now think about it. If you go to the bank, I, I work for Bank of America. Amen. And so when I worked for Bank of America, of course, if someone is, is introducing you to a customer to say, hi, this is Arthur. Like, Arthur, you know, this is Marolu. Hi, want you to meet each other. He'll help you next. You know, that type of thing. God allowed me to be such a light at Bank of America. They was not calling me Arthur. They will call me Brother Arthur. So they will walk up. My wife could attest to this. They will walk up and they will say, oh, go to Brother Arthur. He'll help you. <laughs> and people will look like, what? Like, oh, he's a pastor. He's a part-time pastor. Or whatever. It's like, oh, okay. And then, you know, and then, you know, I would take care of, you know, the customer's needs. But because I was being such a light there, it was an example of being a witness. I remember one time, one of my supervisors, um, one day, he said, Arthur, I, I want to speak to you. I'll drive you home. I'm like, well, I live down the block. I don't need you to drive me home. He said, I want to talk to you. I said, I said okay. And as I got into the car, he said, I want you to pray for me. Now, this is my manager who don't, who, who don't know nothing. He said, I want you to pray for me. I said, okay. He said, I have a relative. He's, he's a little boy. He's going through um, a, a treatment, a, a type of surgery in the hospital, and I want you to pray for him that God would touch him. I said, I'm going to pray for him. And I did pray for him, and, and the young kid made it through. Amen. And so there were opportunities where people said it was something different about you, Arthur. There's something different about you. And when I go to my old branch to this day, there's still that respect there. Some, some of them have even come to the gathering church just to come for special events and different things. But it's been wonderful where you can live a godly life and leave a godly legacy. And when people see you, they know that you truly are a Christian. You're not perfect. God is not looking for perfection, but he's looking for us to be true salt and true light to the world. Amen? Amen. So today I want to talk about us being that salt and being that light in the world. Many times as believers, and I went through this even as I was working, is that there come times where you need to stand for your faith. You need to stand for what you believe in. Amen. I know for me, I was not working on Sundays, because Sunday was the Lord's day. Amen. So I made sure, Lord, you know that I want to serve you. I want to be in your house. If I got to change my job, if something got to happen, you got to make it work for me because this is my standard. I'm believing you. Amen. There, there were times where I, they had to call me in at the last minute, and I said, well, I can't do that today. I have, other, I have other engagements. I have other things I need to do. I remember one time my manager had said to me, she said, well, you need to make a decision about what you're going to do. You know, are you going to do this or do that? I said, I could do both. I could do both by the God's grace. I can do both. And she's like, all right, whatever. And it never gave me a problem after that because I took my stand for Christ. God wants you to take a stand for him. Amen? Especially if you're a student today in this university, God wants you to take a stand for him today. Take a stand for your faith. Don't shy away because you're a believer. Now, that, now when you're a believer, it does not mean that you do not hang around those who are non-believers. Amen? Because you do. Because how would they know 
that you're the, how would it know that you're the light and you're the salt if you don't hang around them? So the problem is some of us all the salt come together on Sunday, we come one clump. But we're supposed to break up salt. Have you ever pulled out salt and it's all clumped together? You have to sprinkle. You have to spread it out. God wants us to spread it. He wants us to salt the earth. Amen? And so when we talk about being salt, we have to understand that salt does a couple different things. We want to talk about what does salt really do. Number one, salt preserves. Salt is a preservation. Mm-hmm. It preserves. Amen? Thank God for his eternal life. Amen. Salt preserves. Salt also purifies. Purifies. Amen. It, it, it brings, it's an agent of purification. Amen. Salt also creates thirst. Many times if you go out to eat, especially if you go to a bar, what do they have at the bar for free? Salty peanuts and salty pretzels. Why? Because the thing is, if you eat enough of those, you become thirsty and want to buy a drink. Salt creates thirst. See, some of you didn't know that. Salt creates thirst. Salt melts as well. It dissolves in liquid, in water. It dissolves. Amen? God's love melts the hardened heart. Amen? Salt melts. And last thing, salt heals. It's healing. Amen. When I get a little cut of my finger, my grandma said, put some salt. I'm like, salt? That joint will burn. But then it will heal up pretty quickly because salt is a healing agent. Also, salt was something that was very popular and very powerful back in the ancient times. Actually, during the Roman times, the Roman, Roman soldiers would get paid through salt. Have you ever heard the statement before, he's not worth his salt? Because even the word salary is the Latin word that means paid in salt. Salt was something that was viable. See, it's easy for us today. We can just go to the market and just buy some salt, and, and, and that's it. Salt was a great commodity. It was something that was traded. So salt was, was precious back in those times. Also, salt was something that was used as a way of also cursing the land. You'll see this in scripture. Many times when one nation conquered another nation, they would do this thing called salting or sowing salt. What they would do is they would bring salt, and they would bring salt all over the land. Why would they get sprinkled waste salt all over the land? Because if they put salt there, it would stop vegetation from growing. It was saying that I cut off this nation, and so it better not even try to be reestablished again. And so we're going to salt the ground so no vegetation and nothing will come up from this place again. Uh-huh. So when we, when, we, when we think about salt, it's not just something that we, 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 we put on our french fries. It's something that we season our, our, our chicken with. But salt really has a lot of great qualities that we as believers must identify with. The scripture says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 15 through 16. And it says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before men that they might see your good deeds and praise your Father which is in heaven. The world needs salt. The world needs God's light. 
We are the light of the world. You know, you say Jesus is the light of the world. Yeah, but if we're believers, we are the light of the world. We represent light and hope to those who are around us. Many times I said, as Christians, we are not to be thermometers. We are to be thermostats. A thermometer measures the temperature in a place, but a thermostat adjusts the temperature in a place. We are called to be divine adjusters for Jesus. We are called to make changes. We are called to bring about hope. We are called to bring love because we are the light of the world. And God wants us to be bold about who we are. I love the scripture that says that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Are you ashamed this morning? Are you fearful to say I'm standing on the Lord's side this morning? I can't get a witness in here. Y'all can't quiet in here this morning. Y'all can help me this morning. Can I hear you this morning, saints? Amen. Hallelujah. We are the salt. See, we don't like to hear messages like this because it really puts a, 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 a focus on us to say, man, am I really living up? to the standards of Jesus Christ? Am I really sold out for him? Am I really living a life that's worthy for me to be called his follower? Amen. You are the sword of the earth. You are the light of the world because of Jesus. You are, you are a Christ-empowered influencer. I'll say that again. You are a Christ-empowered influencer. Your life makes a difference. I want you to tell your neighbor, you make a difference. Uh-huh. You, yes, you do. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You make a difference. People are watching you that you don't even realize that are watching you. People have that eye. Your neighbor's watching you. Some of your mama's watching you. Your best friend's watching you. That person in your class that you haven't paid no mind to is watching you. Your professors are watching. Your doctor's watching. People are watching you whether you realize it or not. Because there's something that's attracting them to you. Have you been attracted to somebody before? Don't know why? Come on, ladies. You know, come on. Like, girl, I don't know. It's just something about him. I don't know if it's his cheeky eyes or his lips. Girl, it's just something about him. Girl, I pray for me. I got to stay away from him. That's danger. Have you ever been attracting, attractive to somebody? God, see, when we allow the world, it attracts stuff. Why do you think when you see bugs and fleas around, what does it go towards? The light. <laughs> In other words, you attract all sorts of things to yourself. But you have to know what to let in and what to keep out. Amen? Because you're light. You represent hope. People are drawn. They are mesmerized by you. And they think it's you, but you know it's Jesus. There are people who I just open up my mouth, I just begin to talk, and I can feel the, 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 the drawing. I'm like, oh, God. I'm like, okay, it's the Lord. Amen. The time the sisters be looking like, Pastor, oh, God. I say, it's Jesus. It's not me. Believe me. It's not Pastor. I'm going to tell you. It's not, it's not me. It's Jesus. People feel drawn to you because of the light, because of who you are and what you stand for. God has called us to be like this morning. We used to sing this old song, This Little Light of Mine. I'm going to let it shine. Everywhere that I go, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. God wants you to shine your, your, your light this morning. No matter what circumstance you find yourselves in. Because real light shines in the midst of adversity. Uh -huh. it's, easy to shine. it's easy for the light to shine where everything is fine. Uh-huh. 
It's easy for that to happen. It's easy to shine in church because we all, we all just lie. Amen. Just a big, bright bowl of, a bowl of sunshine right now. Amen. But when you go into your different spheres of influence, into the different dark places in the world, the different dark places that you find at home, on your job, in your school, amen, that's where it gets troubling. That's where stuff begins to happen. That's where the true test comes. Are you really going to be a light? And the hardest part is when you're going through your own stuff and people watch you and see you go through it and they wonder, how is she going to make it through that? Because I just went through the same thing and I almost lost my mind. How is she making it through? How is he going through that? Now, he has the same professor I do, and he's chilling. I'm about to have a nervous breakdown on this assignments that he's giving me this semester. I don't know what's wrong with him. How come, he, how, how come he's cool and collected and calm? What's going on? That's where the light really begins to shine. That's what really makes the difference. People will not, people will not follow Christ if there's nothing to follow in your life. I'll say that again. People will not follow Christ if there's nothing to follow in your life. There has to be something that has drawn the people to you. You are a world changer. I want you to say, I am a world changer. Oh, y'all don't that sound kind of weird. Y'all don't believe that. You sound like a robot. Say, I am a world changer. I am a world changer. That's right. That's right. Sister, let me give me a little attitude. Snap your fingers. Say, I am a world changer. That's right. That's right. That's right. You are a world changer. God has called you to bring change, to, bring a, to make a difference wherever you go. He does not want you to be in a place where you are fearful and a place where you are compromising your faith. But pastor, it's not easy. Of course it's not easy. If it was easy, anyone can do it. It's not easy. But with the strength of God, you're able to make it through. We hear a beautiful story in the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse 25. And we hear about the life of Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas was doing the Lord's will. They were preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. They were being the salt and the light of the world. They were lifting up the name of Jesus. But what began to happen? They got put in prison. And before they got thrown in prison, amen, they were stripped naked and they were beaten. They were flogged. Amen. Some of you started moving the passion, the passion of the Christ. Amen. But they took the cat of nine tails and they, whoosh, they were beaten like that. And then they were thrown in prison, but not just any prison. They were thrown in solitary confinement. They were in a prison within a prison. Now you're going to say, well, pastor, they got in the, man, they got in prison, put, in the prison for, for the wrong thing. No, they got in prison for being a light. You will find yourself in prison sometimes. Oh, Christians, you hear me this morning. You will find yourself in trouble for doing the right thing. You will find yourself in painful situations for taking a stand for God. Just because you're a believer don't mean things are going to go perfect. Don't mean things are going to go according to plan. Amen? You might deal with a professor who wants to fail you because you keep talking about the Lord. You keep saying, look, I don't believe in, in that Darwin, Darwinism. I, I believe that on the first day, God made the heavens and the earth. I believe that. How about that? Sometimes you need to take a stand. Come on. If, 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 if it means that I have to shift my job, well, I have to shift my job because I'm going to stand for the Lord. When you stand up for God, God will always stand up for you. I like what the Bible talks about Stephen. Stephen was preaching the gospel, and they began to stone him, began to stone him. And the Bible says, as Stephen was being sorry, he was about to die, he saw Jesus Christ standing up, ready to receive him. 
Jesus stood up off the throne to receive Stephen into heaven. I want God to stand up for me because I'm standing up for him. You want God to bring a shift? You want God to bring a change in your life? Stand up for him. Stand up. See, the world's not going to understand you. Amen? They're going to mock you. They're going to say you're religious, you're a fanatic, you're crazy, you're out your mind. But good, I'm out my mind in Christ because I want to be in my mind in my flesh. How about that? I'm going to take a stand for Jesus. Paul and Silas were taking a stand. They were put, they were whipped, they were beaten, they were stripped, and they were put in solitary confinement, a prison within a prison. But the Bible says, now think about it, because some of us, you know, someone just slapped us one time, we've given up. Oh, no, she slapped me. No, no, no. This Jesus is not working for me. I don't think so. She don't know who she is, because I'm going to slap, you know, all that type of stuff. Let someone just hit you one time. You're like, all right, forget it, forget it, forget it. You know that there were people who were tortured for their faith? There's a, there's a book called The Book of Martyrs, and, and they talk about Fox's Book of Martyrs, and they talk about the different people who were martyred for their faith. They were tortured. They said, renounce Christ. Renounce him. They would torture their children in front of their parents' eyes, say, renounce Christ or I'll kill your son. And they're like, I'm not renouncing him. They would do crazy things like rip off people's eyelashes and stuff like that to get them to renounce, to renounce Christ, and they would not renounce him because they say, I'm going to be light and salt until I die. That's how serious this was. Sometimes we, see, I think in America, we have this lax Christianity. I do God on Sunday, and then I do myself throughout the week, and then if something happened real bad, I'll do God, I'll pray, ask him to help me out the situation. I only go to God, he's my personal genie. I only go to God when I really need something. But other than that, we cool, we all right, we got, we got to understand. We, I have my own, I hate when people say, I got my own relationship with the Lord, my own special relationship with the Lord. Here I'm working, doing the work the Word of God said, but you have your own special relationship with the Lord. So you can get away with some of the stuff that you're doing, but yet I'm trying to follow the book and do it the right way. But you got your own special relationship. I just smile. I just say, okay, you have your own special relationship with the Lord. Amen. Amen. Because with the rubber meet the road, amen, you'll get that relationship right with the Lord. How about that? <laughs> and so Paul and Silas was in prison. They were beaten. Amen. They were stripped naked. They, they, they were tied up. Amen. They were in the barracks. They were tied up. Amen. Feet tied. Hands tied. In prison. Not for doing something wrong. Beating like a criminal. Not for doing something wrong, but for doing something right. Being the salt and being the light. And the Bible says, now, you see, some of us, we find ourselves in hardship. We're ready to give up on God. That's what Moreau was saying. You need to believe this morning. God is able. When you find yourself in a hardship, Sometimes we always rebuking the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil, the devil. We blame the devil for everything. We live in a fallen world, people. Amen. This is a fallen world. Trouble will come. Stuff will happen. But we still have, amen, the 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 reasoning, and we still have the strength, and we still have the mindset, according to the word of God, that even in the midst of all those things that go wrong, to still trust God and still be a light for him. And when they found themselves in, the, in this situation, they didn't complain. They said, Lord, you did this to me. Here I am preaching your gospel. Here I'm living for you. I'm going to work. I'm reading my Bible. I'm doing all the things that the pastor told me to do. And yet I find myself in this circumstance. Yet I find myself in this situation. How could you let this happen to me? I tithe. I give up my time. I serve. I do all these different things. But yet I find myself in this circumstance. Sound like you this morning? I give, 
and I give, and I give. And yet I feel like it's to no avail. What did Paul and Silas do? They could have easily said that. The Bible says at midnight, Paul and Silas, verse 25, Acts chapter 16, were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. There were other people who were actual criminals in the same predicament. But yet, Paul and Silas was not responding the way they were responding. They were murmuring. They were complaining. They were trying to figure a way how to get out. I got to get out this way. I got to break out. But Paul and Silas, at midnight, they were worshiping. They were singing. They were praising the Lord. And people were listening and watching them. Is that what you do, my brother and my sister, where trouble begins to happen? Do you just sit there and complain? Is the Lord the last place in prayer that you go to? Or do you really begin to worship and thank God? Because when trouble begins to happen, when situations begin to unfold, the first thing that I do is pray. The first thing I do is, is, is go to God. Because he's the one that keeps my light burning bright anyway. Because some of us, if you've seen a light bulb before, the light begins to go dim because it's about to go out. But the very thing that keeps the light burning is God. And if you have not been connecting with God, your light will begin to go dim. And you don't even realize that it's going dim. Different times in my spiritual walk where I thought I was all right with God and then God gave me an encounter with him. I'm like, where was I? What happened to me? I thought I was okay, but I found myself I was about to slip off the edge there. What's going on? Because I didn't realize there was a deficit in me. I didn't realize that my light was beginning to dim. It can happen to any of us. See, in God, there's no standstill. There's either progression or there's recession. Which way are you going this morning? Because the moment you stop, there's no stopping. You stop going backwards. And you don't realize that you're going backwards. It happens just like that. Just a split second. A quick decision. Oh, no, I can't pray this morning. I got to go. I'm running late. I'm running late. I'm running late. Oh, you start going backwards. You're disconnecting from him. And your light is beginning to go dimmer. Just that quick. God is not fair sometimes. But he still challenges us to be his servants, to be his light this morning. At midnight, at midnight, in the, middle of, in the midst of the heat, God was calling his people to still worship him, to serve him. Can you serve him in prison? Can you serve him in a hard place? Can you give him thanks when things are not going the way you want it to go? Where the bank account is not what you want it to be right now? The car you drive is not the car you want. The business you have is not succeeding the way you thought it would be. The relationship that you have is not the relationship that you necessarily want. Can you still thank him anyway? Can you still be a light? Can you, can you still be a witness for him? Or are you going to give him and just throw in the towel? Paul Asad sets a great example for us. They begin, to, they, they, they begin to worship him. They begin to thank God. And people are listening. People are watching him in the midst of the heat of the hardship. They begin to worship God. And I, say, and I believe they worship God because they wanted God to keep their lights burning. Because when we go through troubles, we could easily slip into a depression. Let the church say amen. Uh-huh. We could easily find ourselves being discouraged. Like, Lord, this is just too much for me. I can't handle this by myself. And we begin to get overwhelmed. 
anxiety begins to build, and then we find ourselves in this place of being mediocre, just doing life on autopilot, but not really having that passion and that zeal for God. We have to keep our lights burning. How do we keep our lights burning? We have to keep our lights burning because God is going to use us to be his light. And what Satan does, he will try to blow it out like a candle wick. He would try to blow it out. Now, remember, when Jesus was talking about light, he was talking about light, but he was talking about a candle lit. But there was no electricity during that time. So he's talking about a candle, a lit candle. So he said, Satan would try to blow out your light just that quick. You have to make sure that the enemy does not blow out your light. And you have to make sure that you don't hide your light. Don't be ashamed of who God has made you to be. We went to go visit Sister Barbara about two weeks ago. See Sister Barbara. Amen. I want you to keep our Sister Barbara um, in prayer. Amen. She's still recovering. We believe in God to give her a fully, a full restoration, a full healing. Amen. And we send our, our prayers and our, and our love out to her. But at one point, as we were there in the visiting area with some of the other patients that were there, also visiting their family and their friends. At one time, Pastor Brown and I, we just begin to worship, and we just begin to praise God in the, in the midst of everything. And you can see that people were going through sorts of things. Sometimes when you go to a hospital, you can almost see the ailments. You can see the, the traumatic experiences that people are going through. And your heart could easily be discouraged. You could easily say, Lord, is there any hope? God, are, really, are you really going to work this out? Are you really going to do what you said you're going to do? And I just had to stop, but we just begin to stop. We just begin to worship. We just begin to praise God. And as we begin to do that, you almost felt the eyes on you, like, what are they doing over there? What, what, what are they doing? They praying? What, they got the Bible out? They're reading the scripture? What are they doing over there? People begin to look at the light. When you pray, your light shines even brighter. And I believe, and, 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 I, and I saw our sister, her face, when she came in, her face was so heavy. But as we begin to pray, her face begins to brighten up. I look at your countenance. Wow. Why so downcast, oh, my soul? Picture trust in God. For I should yet praise him, for he's the help of my countenance. He'll put joy on my face. Sometimes we come to church and we all, oh, I'm here. All right, Lord. What are you going to do? Just do it. Come on. I made it. <laughs> Ding. I'm here, Lord. Have your way. Jonathan, you better move with that piano today because I, I can't do none. Monroe, you better sing that note so I can get touched because I'm here. And we come with that type of thing. But it's when we begin to worship, it's when we begin to shine that light, we begin to thank God, he begins to do something. He begins to lift us up. He begins to release the heaviness that has burdened our hearts. It's when we begin to do something different. God calls us to be a light, even in dark places. The last prayer meeting we just had here um, in September, after we left that night. First of all, we hung out here real late that night. We had a great time in prayer. Amen? And as we left, we were going home, and I said, honey, did you cook dinner tonight? She said, how did I cook dinner if I was here in prayer? I said, that's true. I didn't think about that, honey. I must be drunk on the influence of the Spirit or something. And so I said, well, let's go get something to eat. She said, well, no, I'll cook. I said, I said we need to go to Quick Checks. I said, I don't know why. We need to go to Quick Checks. So she said, okay, we'll, we'll go to Quick Checks. And so I just knew in my spirit that there was a person in Quick Checks that I need to see. And really, my wife needs to see. And I'm like, okay, I don't know why I'm feeling this, but we're going to run to this person. As soon as we pull up the Quick Checks, the person that works there was checking out. I'm like, honey, 
Go to her. Get her. Go speak to her. Go speak to her. You need to talk to her. She's like, what, 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 what? She's like, you didn't tell me anything. I said, I, I didn't know. I just had this unction. I just, I just knew that you need to go speak to her. And so she goes run to speak to her, and I go and get my sandwich because I'm going to eat my dinner. Amen. <laughs> hey, <laughs> a man has to eat. And so while, while I go get my sandwich, and I, go, I, go, I go online, another employee comes in because they're switching shifts at that time. So another employee comes in, and she's bent over. And she's like, oh. And so the other guy is watching him, watching her come in in pain. And he's like, what's wrong with you? She's like, I don't know. She's about a half an hour ago. I just started getting cramps or whatever. I don't know what's going on with me. I've never had this before. And so she goes, walks in the back office, the clock and whatever. Then she goes back behind the counter. And I'm like, Lord, what's going on here? You know, and I, and I said, well, let me go pick up my sandwich or whatever I paid for. Let me go pick up the sandwich. So she's over there. I'm like, are you okay? She's like, I don't know. What's going on? Ah, she starts screaming. I'm like, oh, my God. She said, I'm not pregnant or anything like that. Because her husband wants to drove her to work away. She said, I'm not pregnant. I don't know what's going on. I just started getting cramps. And I said, and so I'm walking away, and the Holy Spirit said, you know you better pray for her. And I'm like, oh, it quick checks, Lord. Like, wait, well, everybody's waiting for their sandwiches. And like, hold up. <laughs> not in quick checks, Jesus. I could pull her aside somewhere, but not in quick checks, not in front of Everybody, the soup station is there. The salmon people are on the computer punching the sandwiches. I'm like, what? And so I'm stalling. So she's like, have a good night. And Pastor runs over there waiting. And she's like, honey, you coming? I'm like, and always been like, you know you better pray for. I'm like, mm. and it's almost that test. Are you gonna be the salt and light, or are you gonna leave this situation? And so I said, I said, I said, do you? I said, I'm a pastor. Do you mind if I pray for? She said, I'll take anything right now, please. And so right there in Quick Checks, <laughs> in a pack store, I prayed for this young lady right here in Quick Checks. And when I prayed, now she was not before all that, she was cursing up a storm. She was like, this, that, 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 ah! But we were calling on Jesus to touch her body. And after that, after that prayer, she said, amen. And she's like, whew. Oh, she's okay. Yeah. And then she began to kind of stand up right. And she said, I th I'm going to be all right. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. I said, all right. And then I left the store. And I'm like, God, I was on my way home. I was minding my business. I didn't know I was going to walk into this. And my wife had a divine appointment, but yet I had a divine appointment too. There are divine appointments. There are people that God wants you to touch. And if you're not yielding and being obedient to the Holy Spirit, you will miss those opportunities to be salt and to be light. Remember, salt, God uses the salt to preserve. He uses the salt to purify. He uses the salt to create thirst. You want people to come after Jesus? Then live a life. You'll make them thirsty for what you have. You know what I'm saying? You can, lead, you, 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 you can lead a horse to water, but you can't cause them to drink. Well, actually, you can cause them to drink. There's a thing called a salt lick. A salt lick is a, it's a big old block. It's, 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 it's like a clay color. And the horse will lick the salt lick to make them thirsty. And so you are the salt lick of the earth. When people see Marolo and they see her under pressure and they see the patients getting on her nerve at her job and her boss, like, you better get there, you better do this, you better do that. And she's like, okay. And she just goes by her business, but everybody else wants to curse out the boss. And she's just keeping it calm and just getting her job done. It's like, dad, what's wrong with that chick? I've been cussed out, I've been told my boss who she thinks she's the web, but she's just so calm. 
Why? Because she sought. She's making them thirsty. Why is she keeping it calm? How come the, she get the same pay I do? How come she ain't complaining about that? How come this ain't happen? What, what, what's going on? Because she sought. There's something different about her. There's something different about her. Is there something different about you? Is there something that, that, that makes people go, hmm, something intriguing about you, Maria? Wow, you're taking that crazy professor's course this semester. How come you're not going crazy? Because I'm about to lose it. Not me and you in the same situation I am. I, I didn't finish paying all my bills either. How come you're not, how come you're not losing it? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? You're salt. You're making a difference. You're making an impact. You're light. People are looking. People are watching you. Don't forget who you are. The worst thing for Christians to forget their identity. Someone asks you, who in the world you think you are? I'm salt and I'm light. That's who I am. I'm salt, I'm light. That's who I am. I am who God says I am. And I can have what he says I can have. And I can do what he says I can do. Because of him. He strengthens me. He gives me the grace. He gives me the strength. So don't forget who you are. Wherever you are, don't forget who you are. Don't forget who put you there. There's someone used, used to sing in my old youth choir. Don't forget to remember where all your blessings come from. Don't forget to give honor to whom honor is due. But don't forget the one who put you there. Sometimes we, we get in positions and places of influence and prestige, and we forget that God put us there. God was there. We can talk the language, we can talk the lingo, but don't forget Jesus. Don't X Christ out, the, out, out, out of the equation. Don't, ask, don't, don't X him out of the situation. Sometimes we say, Pastor, I can't always say Jesus, Jesus on my job. They're going to look at me like I'm crazy. Something wrong with me. I ain't saying to say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus on your job every day. When people ask you, how was your weekend? Well, you know, Sunday, you know, we in the family, we just, you know, we just did a little something. No, we went to church. On Sunday. Amen. What you doing tonight? Yo, we going to drink. I'm going to prayer service at my church tonight. Oh, okay. 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 Oh, all right. All right. Yo, that brother D, something wrong with him. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Because when something happens in their life, they're going to run to you. And say, you want to pray? Can you say a prayer for me? I need a prayer, man. I need a prayer. I'm going through. <laughs> I need a prayer. I'm going through right now. They all stretched out. They try to drink it away, smoke it away, sex it away, and they have no, no type of relief. But you're here praying, just give it away. Cast your burdens unto Jesus, for he careth for you. Be the soul. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. I don't care who you're around. Don't be ashamed of don't be ashamed of the God you serve. Don't be ashamed of your church. Come on now. Come on. God has put you in the place that he's put you to be light. When no pastor is what I want to do, that's my career, God put the desire for that career in you. You can't take any credit. Give it all to him. Give it all to him. God put the desire in your heart to do the thing that you want to do. He put the desire in your heart to take that degree that you're taking to work that job that you're working. He's put the desire there. Give the credit to him. There are people around you that he wants to touch. Now, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to come to salvation because of your life. The Bible says one man plants, 
another man waters, but God brings the increase. Sometimes you just need to be an example. Amen? You just need to be an example. I think about my life. A seed was planted in me when I was in, in, in elementary school, in the fifth grade. It was a seed that was planted. It was a youth ministry that came around our, college, uh, our, our school playground where I grew up in the South Bronx. And they gave us a little cartoon type of tracks or whatever. And I was probably maybe about eight, nine years old at the time. I didn't see the Lord Jesus Christ until I was about 15 years old. But the seed was planted those many years before because I saw someone who was godly, who was living out the life, who was being salt and being light to the world. Some people are not going to change your life, but you represent hope for them. Uh-huh. You represent strength for them. They see you as their connection to God. People are looking at you. People are observing you. Your salt and light living changes lives. When you live right and when you do right, it changes lives. You truly make a difference today. God is calling us to make a difference. He's calling us to, to, to be that salt and that light. And then what will happen is people begin to look at you. They'll say, man, there's something different about you. This, uh, I, I want what you have. When Paul and Silas was in that prison, the Bible said at midnight they began to sing praises to God. What began to happen as they began to sing praises to God? The Bible said the earth began to quake. The bars began to shake. And the very prison, the very foundation of the prison broke open. And the Bible says their shackles fell off them. And the doors to the prison cells were open. Because they begin to praise God. They begin to they took a stand for Jesus, and Jesus was taking a stand for them. No matter what you find, no matter what prison you find yourself in, God will get you out. God will get you out. He will get you out. If you're in there for him, he'll get you out. He ain't gonna let you sit in there and rock. He will get you out. He will deliver you. Now, if you have other reasons, you're on your own. I'm sorry. I pray for God's mercy for your life. But when you in there for him, he'll get you out. The Bible says, then the jailer, hallelujah, who was over, well, let me read, let me go back up to verse 26. Suddenly there was a violent earthquake and the foundation of the prison was shaken. All at once the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains, chains became loose. When God looses you, he looses everybody around you. Mm -hmm. And so the, jail, the jailer walked up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword, was about to kill himself. Because he got, the, 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 the jailer got afraid because he said, these people are going to kill me because they're set free now. The jailer said, man, I was treating them bad. I was kicking them into prison. Now they're going to kill me. But what I just said, let me just kill myself. Let me just take my, my life. And Paul said, don't kill yourself. Don't harm yourself. We are all here. The jailer called for lights because there was no light. It was darkness. He rushed in and fell trembling before Paul. Now, his four sides were the prisoners, but now the jailer was before them. See how God just shifts stuff around? <laughs> they were on their knees before the jailer, but now the jailer's on the knees before them. <laughs> God will just turn stuff around when you live for him. And so the jailer said, sir, 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 what must I do to be saved? There's something so unique about I want what you have. Go to a bar. I'll drink what she's having. I want what he has. When you are so in light, and when you're living for the Lord, people say, I want what he has. I want what she has. There's something so different about you. It's Jesus. He's the difference. He's the difference. He's the difference. 
He makes the difference in my life. And as you read the rest of that story in Acts 29, we, we learn not only that Jela got saved, but his whole family got saved. He said, come to my house. My whole family's going to get saved. When you live for God and you find yourself in hardships, if you keep persevering, if you don't give up, we preached last week about sowing and reaping. And we, we heard the word says in Galatians 6, 9, do not grow weary and well-doing, for you shall reap if you faint not. If you keep on pressing, I'm telling you, God will not only change your lives, but he'll change the lives of people all around you. Do you receive that this morning? Amen? Amen. I'm going to ask you all to stand this morning. What a sobering word. What a reminder to us this morning to remember that we are salt, that we are light, that God has caused us to be Christ-empowered influencers today. I don't know which circles you find yourself in because some of the circles that you find yourself in, I might not be able to hang around and be around those type of people. And you might not be able to hang around and be around those type of people that I'm hanging around. And that's fine. That's always safe. If I put all my friends together in one room, they'll probably kill each other because I have so many different types of friends. And one might not like the other because their temperaments and their attitudes and personalities are totally different. One is quiet, one is loud, one is angry, one is upset, and all these different types of people around me because that is my sphere of influence. But because of my life, I'm able to live a godly life and encourage each and every one of them around me to trust God and to live for Christ. Who are the people around you that God wants to touch today? You know, as a church, we have our family and friends day coming up. That would be a great opportunity for us as a church to begin to invite those people out who, who, who we have been touching with the love of God. I thought that lady was in pain, was going to say, get out my face. I'm in pain. Leave me alone. Sometimes we can have these preconceived ideas that we're going to be rejected, that no one's going to really hear us when we share our faith. She said, no, you better pray for me. If you can connect with, come on, do the darn thing. There are people who are waiting. They're waiting. Can I pray for you? They're waiting. You want to come me to church? They're, they're, they're waiting for that scripture. You know, I, I read the scriptures for my prayer time. Hey, I, I want to text. I'm going to tweet this today. I'm going to put this on your Facebook page. They just, they, just need, they just need you to rise up, to shine bright, to plug in. To be what God's called you to be. To be that light of hope. They're walking in darkness. They're bumping their heads all over the place. Life is beating them up left and down because they cannot see. But you walk in calm because the word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. You ain't worrying about a thing because you can see where you're going. But when they get next to you, you can illuminate the path for them. They said, follow me as I follow Christ. God is calling us today to be that salt. He's calling us to be that light. If that's you this morning, amen, I just want you to lift your hands up to the Lord. Wherever you're sitting at, just wherever you're standing, just lift your hands up to Jesus. And I want you to ask God to help you this morning to be that salt, to be that light. And I'm going to ask our sister Deborah to come and pray for us this morning. Hallelujah that salt will be that light. I am not ashamed of the gospel, the gospel of Jesus Christ, 
for it is the power of God unto salvation, first to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to God. Thank you, Sister Deborah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you. Jesus, we bless your name, Lord God. Oh, God, we just give you the glory and praise for this message, Lord God, of truth that came forth today, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, as um, we evaluate our hearts and our minds, Lord God. Evaluate our relationship with you, Lord God. Evaluate, have we stood for you, Lord God? I just want us to say a prayer of repentance, Lord God. Repenting for the times we didn't say anything. The times we walked away, Lord God. The times we let fear grip our hearts, Lord God, and stopped us for moving forward, Lord God. The times when we ignored the Spirit of God, the prompting, the heaviness that was on us to go and share, Lord God. We pray forgiveness, Lord God, that you would cleanse our hearts and minds, Lord God. You know the times when we hesitated, even the times when we've lost our passion to share, when we, we, we just lived our life and forgot about those that are around us, had no compassion for the Lord, had no compassion for the hurting, had no compassion for the downtrodden, had no compassion, but just kept walking. I pray that you would forgive us, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that our hearts would be changed, that truly our hearts would be a heart of flesh, Lord God, because a heart of flesh can feel, a heart of, a heart of flesh is moved with compassion as Jesus was, Lord God. A heart of flesh, Lord God, uh, uh, is gripped, Lord God, by the circumstances that are around them, but know that you are the one that can handle it and deal with it. So, Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would restore our passion, that you would stir up the gifts that's within us, Lord God, that we would move forward, oh God, and be a light, oh God, and salt to the earth, Lord God. Oh God, we can't be a lamp on top of a hill, Lord God, that's dim, that's low, that's not on. But, Lord, I want it to be a beacon of light, Lord God, like a lighthouse shining brightly, Lord God, pointing them unto you, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, God, that fear would not grip our hearts, Lord God, that we would not worry, Lord God, and focus so much on ourselves and what we can do and how we can do it and what we should say and how we should say it and do we know everything and do we learn everything and do we know all the scriptures and what if they say this and what if they say that and all of the things that bug our minds, Lord God. Help us to get out of our heads, Lord God, get in the spirit of the living God. And Lord, see the hurting and see the depressed and see those that are in need around us in the name of Jesus. And Lord, those that get depressed because they're at a point where they want to share their faith, but they just don't know how. They want to reach out, but they, they just don't know how. I pray that they would not fear rejection, that they would not fear failure because there's no failure in you, Lord God but that we would stand, Lord God, in truth, knowing that when the word of the Lord is upon our lips, change will come. For you said your word shall not return back void, but it shall accomplish that what it was sent out to do. And so we thank you right now, Lord God, for newness of heart. Thank you for newness of mind. Thank you for newness in our, our vision, Lord God, to be able to see people as you see them. Be sensitive, oh God, enough to be able to feel what they're feeling. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, you said a good man's steps is ordered of God. Order our steps daily 
in your word. Order our steps daily on our jobs. Order our steps daily in our classrooms. Order our steps daily in the dorms. Order our steps daily in our families. Order our steps daily with our peers. Lord God, we don't have to fit in. We don't have to, to, to make jokes that are not of you. We don't want, have to even hear some of the stuff that's going on. Lord God, sometimes we can walk away. That is a light shining brightly. So Lord, I just thank you right now, and I bless you in Jesus' name.